On this week's show, Xbox finally shows off some of its future. Is there still life left in Uncharted? And is it time to return to Dead Space? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, that magical five-star review would really be awesome. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break. Whatever TJ Johnson is doing or supporting, please go ahead and check him out anytime you can on social media, whenever he's there or whenever he's at the Pop Culture Cosmos or also Voice from the Underground. Plus also as well, whatever we're doing today, right there for you at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And of course, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where we update every single day the latest news and trends in pop culture. If you could do all that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without a good friend. And stepping in for Josh Peterson, who did have his baby. And I want to say congratulations on the air to him on his fourth child, I believe. Yes, he's got a nice clan going there. I'm so happy for him, the happy hoarder himself. I know he's also going to be out and about. I believe, uh, selling at a local market. So go ahead, if you're in the Texas area and you can support a local business, go ahead and check out the Happy Hoarder today. But in place of him this week, it is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out whenever he's here. The Lakers Fast Break or Voice from the Underground. It is my good friend. It is TJ Johnson. And TJ, a spirited conversation in pop culture. Oh, wait. <laughs> What's up, Double G? Thanks for having me on this show yet again. Congrats, Josh, uh, for my goodness. Uh, I got three, and <laughs> hey, God bless you, brother. God bless yep. you. <laughs> I've got three, but mine are a little bit older, so uh, less maintenance. So that's always a Fair good thing. Well, well, they're down teenagers, so is it really less uh, maintenance? I don't know. It's maybe less maintenance, but it's more stress. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably yeah. true. But uh, I got some really great kids, so I'm fully blessed. I know you do, too. So I've seen your kids as well. So I know you are as blessed as well. But be that as it may, we've got a great show lined up for you. TJ and I are going to be all over the place in the video game scene talking some Xbox and what they showed off recently. It was some upcoming games. Is he excited for this or not? We're going to go ahead and share his thoughts in a minute. Dead Space is returning EA is returning to the realm of Dead Space with its remake. Is it something that you should get into if you really like space horror since you know the Callisto Protocol probably didn't do it for you? We'll find <laughs> out coming up here in a sec. Also as well, I want to touch more on the, uh, I guess the comments made in regards to the future of the Uncharted series because you know how much I love it, but also TJ wanted to talk about it as well. We have a little bit of back and forth on it. That's coming up in a bit. 
Hogwarts Legacy. I know TJ wanted to cover this. This game is coming out in the not too distant future here in early February. So we'll talk about that. But first, my friend, it is Xbox who had their developers direct video presentation about 45 minutes long earlier last week with, I guess, a lot of uh, good reaction, good vibes from a lot of people out there in regards to what's upcoming. Redfall, which is their highly anticipated first-party four-player co-op. There's a single-player adventure to it if you want to go ahead through that route. That's coming up on May the 2nd. We'll talk about that in detail. Minecraft Legends, expanding the Minecraft universe even more. That's coming out on April the 18th. Forza Motorsport, which looks to be still a back end of the year type release if you're really into your racing simulations. And a game that nobody knew was coming by Tango Gameworks in Hi-Fi Rush, which looks, if you take a look at the video, to me, like Sunset Overdrive and Borderlands had a love child. So I want to hear your thoughts first off, and that dropped today. The, excuse me, that dropped the day that they had the video. So it's already out for people who have Xbox Games Pass. So my friend, let's first talk Redfall. That is the highest marquee game of the bunch. That's the game, I think, along with Starfield, that they really want to push out there to a, uh, I guess, to a commercial audience as to trying to make it a success as a first-party platformer, a first-party four-player co-op adventure. It's so funny because everybody in the media, everybody out there is trying to say, it's not really like Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2. But yet, every time I take a look at it, it looks like it is Left 4 Dead. And I'm just asking my friend, with this four-player co-op that's out for it, with the four-player co-op adventure that's expected with Redfall, Again, the media is trying to say, well, it's expanding beyond the realm of Left 4 Dead 2. It's not really like Left 4 Dead. It's not really like Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood or whatnot. You're fighting off against various monsters and just mainly vampires, per se. That's their main contestant is the vampires with variation of weapons and all that. So I ask you, my friend, when it comes to Redfall, Redfall has been uh, talked about by the media as not being a four-player co-op like Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead right. 2. Left 4 right. Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, to me, is one of the most amazing co-op adventures and fun adventures of the past quarter century. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a wrong thing. I can go back with you and two other people and go play Left 4 Dead at any point in time and still have a blast. What's wrong with not calling it a Left 4 Dead clone? I, I think there are absolutely worse things you could compare that to. And to be called a Left 4 Dead clone is absolutely a uh, a badge of honor as far as I'm concerned. Uh, like you said, I could go back and some of my most fondest memories of playing games with people were playing Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. I remember specifically uh, trying to get through a level and as soon as you hit the button for the elevator to come down, then the, it brings the horde on. But you're waiting for this elevator. You're fighting. That's the through, shopping sudden, mall one, correct? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a hospital. But point is, you're waiting for the elevator to come oh, I down. Know, I know what you, you hit the yes, button. You're right. You press the button, and all of a sudden the horde comes as you're pressing the button. So you're you're fighting to stay alive, and you get on the elevator, 
and we all got on the elevator, but the one guy got stuck by liquor and the elevator's closed and we're like, sorry, bro, we got to catch <laughs> next time. But my point is that was when gaming was really, not that it's not fun. I don't want to say that. I don't want to sound like an old head, but it, 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 it was, it was special. So to be called a Left for Dead copy or a Left for Dead like experience, as far as I'm concerned, is not a bad thing. Here's where it can get tricky. If it's considered a Left 4 Dead type game, a la Back 4 Blood, but it's not as good as Left 4 Dead. Back 4 Blood was a very Left 4 Dead style game and uh, for, for all intents and purposes, a spiritual successor, right? World War Z as, too. World War Z as well, yeah. But it wasn't as good. And the problem is when you're compared to a game that has such a magnitude and is so fond in so many gamers' hearts, like Left 4 Dead, uh, like Left 4 Dead 2, and you don't live up to that, it is bound to be disappointment after disappointment. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to result in sales. I remember buying Back for Blood the day one it came out, so spending 60 bucks on it, plus buying a season pass. I played it maybe twice. Uh, that was the worst $60 plus I have ever spent in my gaming career. And uh, It moves a lot well, slower than Left 4 Dead compared to It does. Series. It does. But that's, yeah. that's my point. So when they, when they say it's compared to Left 4 Dead, there's nothing wrong with being compared to Left 4 Dead unless you're not as good. Because if you're not as good, be, people are going to tell you. And the results are going to speak for itself. The, the, the money brought in is not going to be there. As you see with Back 4 Blood, steep discounts within two months of it being released. Yeah. Within two months, it already had steep discounts. So I don't mind the comparisons as long as you can live up to the comparison. Let's put it that way. If you're not as good, then you're in trouble. I guess the premise of this is they're on an island and they're trying to clear out the island of all these vampires and different styles of vampires. And you have all these different variations of weapons, uh, including ones variating with stakes as far as the weapons that you can go ahead and shoot at and, and you know, design the type, different types of stakes. And that's, to me, a lot of fun. And I, I can't wait to play it. Left 4 Dead, like you said, was hectic, was crazy, and was ahead of its time with yes. the way it went about business you're you said you you love the helicopter level uh the the shopping mall levels where the end where you have to go ahead and fill the car with gas in the right amount mm -hmm. of time before mm -hmm. you what one of my favorite ones was dead circus uh where we were battling a whole a bunch of uh the horde and everything was all crazy and, got, and your whole screen is filled up with zombies and you're like <laughs> losing all your point health points and all that all of a sudden somebody panicked and threw a Molotov cocktail in the middle of all this, <laughs> which is not only burning them, but you're burning you as well. So you're all like, ah, ah, ah. or, or the bridge. I think the bridge yeah. to me is the best level because of the fact it's just, you need to run and you need to run for your life. Yep. And that coordination of effort that you have to do, because you could try to do things on your own, but it very rarely works. You can try and run away from everybody and run including the <laughs> horde and your teammates but that very rarely works so very rarely Absolutely. yeah so it is a, a to me that's what i think left for dead and left for dead 2 really brought was the coordinated effort yeah. that is required in order to really get the game completed and if it does combine elements of that i don't think it's so bad being called a left for dead clone Yep, no, I absolutely agree with that. Like I said, the only concern I have is when it doesn't live up to the hype or it doesn't live up to the potential. And ultimately, people look at it and say, okay, well, what was the point? I might as well be playing Left 4 Dead if this is not going to give me 
uh, a like experience for a new console and it's not going to make me feel very similar there's there's no point in bringing it back out i might as well yeah. just stick with the original i agree with you i think redfall has a chance if it's fun if it's chaotic and if it's also entertaining because i think people miss the chaos Yes. You know, there's these games that these days, and I sound like an old man back in my day, these <laughs> games are very structured, you know, yes, Elden Ring and so many other games that have come out in the past couple years, few years have been very structured, have been very stylized, have been very, uh, I guess, uh, attuned to what players want. But sometimes you just miss the chaos. Sometimes you just miss the fact that, okay, Maybe I don't. Uh, maybe I don't have a chance to think and elaborate what my next move will be. Maybe it's just like there's so many things in front of my face thrown out. Maybe I just got to go ahead and just think fast and, and use the best reflexes I can and just try and see what I can do, what I can to to survive. And I think that's probably the best thing I could say. That if Redfall comes out, you fight off all these vampires in a chaotic way and you survive. I think that's going to create a lasting experience and a good one for Redfall. Agreed. Agreed. Next on the list was Minecraft Legends. Minecraft Legends, I know people out there, some of them are just passing that off, but Minecraft is one of the biggest selling and most popular games of the century. I think that any adaptation onto it with Minecraft Legends, I think, needs to be looked at or at least expect, you know, just you don't have to go ahead and try it, but just respect the fact that this still caters to such a large community. That's why they spent a good deal of time of it during the Xbox developers direct. Your thoughts on Minecraft Legends and how this has evolved from what a 2008, 2009 game indie game and early access to something that's been blown up into a billion dollar property for Microsoft. Uh, you know, I, I think you, you kind of hit the nail right on the head. It was nothing and it became something huge and it would be asinine to think that with as big as it became, they're not going to find ways to continue to, uh, for lack of a better term, milk the proverbial cow. Um, I've never played Minecraft. I have to admit as a gamer, I've never played it. it. It's styles never really appealed to me. I know my daughter played it quite a bit um, before on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I don't think she plays it as much now. But point being is that there's obviously a hunger for it. There's obviously uh, a, a, an audience for it because Microsoft is continuing to put pump money into it. While I can't say I'm personally excited, I can absolutely appreciate the business acumen that Microsoft is showing by saying, hey, people are still showing that they like this stuff. They're still showing that they like this game. They respect what it is. And, and to be in the industry of reporting on games, right, to be in a journalistic industry, it'd be, it'd be irresponsible of us not to acknowledge how strong Minecraft really is and how strong of a, of a, of a cornerstone it has become for Microsoft and Microsoft software. Obviously, we know that it's, it's not just on Microsoft systems, but it's become a cornerstone for Microsoft as far as their software lineup is concerned and getting that to every device possible. Um, Microsoft would be crazy not to continue to capitalize on that. So I'm completely for it. Um, while again, it's not my cup of tea, um, you won't catch me playing it, but that is not to discredit the game in and of itself. It's just not my brand. Um, but I absolutely think Microsoft is on to something with continuing to expand on the, the world, uh, whatever the world is for, for, for Minecraft. I know it's a lot of uh, building and 
and and kind of letting the world be your oyster, so to speak, and kind of having your own creativity shine through. I think as long as you continue to capitalize on that, because you're always going to have dreamers. You're always going to have people who are very creative and can take something and look at it. Uh, my wife, for example, is super creative. She can take something like an empty room and just design it, and it turns into the best room in the house, right? Um, some people have an eye for that, and I think people that play Minecraft tend to, uh, one, like to have fun, like to explore, but also have an eye for creativity and are able to see this grand landscape and paint pictures the way they want them or create these vast landscapes and these vast buildings, and they're just super creative, and you're not going to run into a shortage of people like that. So it's important that you continue to care to that, and people just want to have fun, and that's what people tend to do in Minecraft, so. What's also another key to it is that this is going to be one of the few IPs going forward that's going to be multi-platform, no doubt, because Minecraft is everywhere. Minecraft right. on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, everywhere they can find an area for it, they will find an area for it. This one has transcended all the platforms so in order to keep that going bringing out minecraft legends to expound upon the success of minecraft already on a multi-platform i think is a very wise decision and i think it's something that again you know it's great that if xbox is going to try and build a lot of its exclusive games is it going to build the library up first party it's something a lot of people have been asking for for a long time but still having something like minecraft which has earned billions for microsoft over the course of its the last decade i think it's smart that they still will continue this on every platform going forward i completely agree with you but you're listening to the pop culture cosmos for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts Forza Motorsport was announced next. There's a certain niche of the marketplace that appreciates the detailed as opposed to the Forza Horizons, which are just crazy out there getting a car and go or some other arcade like arcade racers are concerned. This one is more of a simulation. This one takes, I think, the same kind of seriousness that you do with Gran Turismo and Gran Turismo 7, which we saw come out last year. Your thoughts on this? Forza Motorsport was once the Xbox answer to Gran Turismo, but Horizon has come in and become, I think, something much more appealing to a broader audience. Still, for the hardcores, a revisioning of Forza Motorsport is on hand later this year. I think they're absolutely going in the right direction. So as you mentioned, with this being much more of a, of a simulation based as opposed to the horizon being much more casual based, yeah. uh, let's be clear. I, I believe that motorsports is a, not surpassed Gran Turismo as mm -hmm. far as overall sales are concerned, but as far as what we, what I come to think of when I think of sports simulation, as far as racing, I'm definitely leaning more towards Forza Motorsport. And just because it's it's become more and more popular to where I think it's starting to overtake Gran Turismo. Um, again, I think it already way. has, to be honest. Yeah, I don't you. I don't know if it's, and, and you might be right. I'm not 100% sure on that. What I do know is that I remember the, the Gran Turismo line from the PlayStation 1. So it's more ingrained Gran Turismo for me as far as just what I remember. 
but it doesn't change the fact that I, I think that motorsport has gained more popularity than Gran Turismo. So I guess I'm saying all that to say you ha it's almost a necessity to have a flagship racing title um, that really showcases the power of the console that you have. Every sports racing game that I've ever played has always seemed to push the console to new heights in regards to realism. Um, you have the ability to really focus and really get great detail, like the wiper blades wiping uh, droplets of, of, of rain from the windshield or way the wind the, the way the rain runs behind the car through the aerodynamics uh it, it, it's just a fantastic looking game i remember you know being at work in a retail environment and seeing the television demos and when they want to show off a really great presentation every time it's a presentation it's it's full of always got to be it's always got to be a car game, game. yes yeah. that's always the litmus test for a new console it's like mm -hmm. oh we're bringing out this new console. Of course, it's coming out with a auto game that's going that's to right. showcase everything that it does. That's right. I remember when, when in in two thousand and five, when the Xbox three hundred and sixty came out, it had uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted. I remember that's that's what they do. That's how they show off these consoles. So they're absolutely on the right track, and it looked fantastic. I mean, it's almost it's almost hard to differentiate what's real and what's not in regards to the photorealism displayed in these games and in particular the Frozen Motorsport series. So look, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not upset about Microsoft for doing this. I think you have to continue to serve that niche and yes, Horizon is much more appealing because it, it can reach a broader audience than your heavy sports simulation fans. But it's important that Microsoft continues to push forward this narrative that they are about the players, right? Microsoft has done this great job of being about the players and no matter where you sit on the fence with the the acquisition of the blizzard um activision or, or if you're for it or against them microsoft has made it very clear that they're trying to be about players whether everybody believes that or not rather it's about the money of course there's always going to be money involved but microsoft's message has been consistent about the players and they've consistently said they want everybody to be able to play as many games as possible as many platforms as possible they want it to be about the games saying that to say they're player based or the player focused and being player focused you're going to have to cater to your audience and and you have a, a, a audience that is hungry for more motorsports so look I, i'm if you're going to continue to cater to the players i'm all for it and, and motorsport looks incredible i'll probably pick it up i mean it's, it's going to be on game pass so yeah i'll be able to at least experience it and try it and, and see how pretty it looks on the tv and listen to the audio sound and the way the engines rev and the way the tires squeal as you take a turn too tight. It's, 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 it's an experience. You have to at least experience it. Well, GT5, 6, and 7, Gran Turismo 5, 6, and 7 are reasons why I think that Forza has taken over. And that's to me because they don't have a lasting imprint as far as the history of the game is concerned. Like you said, you always, when you think of Gran Turismo and how well it was built, you think of the first three Gran Turismos that were part of the playstation playstation 2 vibe there going on and yeah. everybody that seems to know the grand turismo always harkens back to those editions as opposed to the more recent copies simply because of the fact that they came out in some cases very underwhelming in some cases just you know it's there and it's gone because uh, i really think that right now that forza with a little bit more flashier style with the horizon 
And hopefully we'll see the same thing with Forza Motorsport as far as the attention to detail with over 500 cars available at launch. Hopefully that will be able to invigorate the auto video game world once more. So we'll see what happens there. But last but not least, as far as the Xbox developers direct, was Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Gameworks. As I mentioned earlier, it looked to me like a, a cross between Sunset Overdrive, Borderlands, has some music going on as far as that, a whole list of music that you have to go and I guess you get bonus as far as if you do it in rhythm with whatever song is being, <clears throat> being played at the time as far as the way you go about trying to defeat your enemies. So it's this whole concept of this kid being thrown into a futuristic world where he is trying to fend off against mechanical or robot things facing him, wanting to get him. So you're in tune. You're trying to do it with whatever the music is being played at the time. It's a very popular songs are being part of it. I think it's a great idea. I think it came out at just the right time. It's, it's cartoonish in style, so it doesn't really tax as far as the graphics are concerned. It looks really solid. And I'm so glad that it came out and they dropped it right there and then last week. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I, I like these surprise drops. Um, I, I think I lean more towards that. You know, I remember 10, 11 years ago when they first announced Cyberpunk 2077 and how long it took and how long the gestation that was. And I think what I appreciate about developers who say, yep, we're working on a game it'll be out in September. We're working on a game. It's out right now. Like, it's refreshing to see that. It's refreshing to hear that, especially in a world full of delays, um, in a world full of, you know, we're going to push the project back another six months. We want to give it a little more time to polish, whatever the case may be. I know the old saying is that a delayed game is eventually good, but a, a rush game is forever bad. I get it. I get it. But there's a lot of delays. And I feel like people just announce things too soon. So when you announce something and there it is, it's refreshing, right? Uh, like you, I thought I thought of Sunset Overdrive immediately. Uh, the colors, the visual splash, the the vibrancy to it. It, it definitely gave me Sunset Overdrive uh, feels. And uh, I, I wish that we were still able to get those kind of games uh, through that developer. But we also know where they are now, so we're not going to comment on it. But point being is that uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can appreciate games that aren't taxing in regards to graphics all the times and i know we that sounds counterproductive considering that we just talked about forza motorsport but <clears throat> when you have games that are visually uh vibrant and aesthetically pleasing without being overly taxing um it allows you to focus on the, the fun gameplay aspect of the games on the gameplay exactly it allows you to experience it like i remember my first time playing the legend of zelda wind waker that art style threw me off and I told myself I wasn't gonna play it. And I didn't play it for like seven years. And all of a sudden I came back to playing it and I said, what did I miss? How did I not play this game seven years ago just based upon how it looked, right? You actually get to focus on the gameplay and not get enthralled and caught up in the rapture of how beautiful it is. And so I, I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I did download it. I haven't had a chance to experience it yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that opportunity to do so just because it looks like legit fun. It just looks yeah. like a game where you can jump in, have a good time, jump out. It doesn't take itself too seriously. You don't have to take it too seriously. You just get to go in there and enjoy yourself. And at the end of the day, Gerald, that's what it's about. You have a lot of these games that have 100 hours for completion time if you want to get everything, all the side quests and 
I don't know about you, but with three kids, I don't have a hundred hours. I don't have 40 hours to spare like that. I mean, I was trying to, uh, to now that the next gen update for the Witcher came out, trying to get back into that and play that again. And the problem is that it's just so massive. It's so big. And I just don't have the time that I did back in 2015 when the game originally came out. Or is it 2017? I want to say 2015. Yeah, when it first came out, you know, that was a completely different time for me. I had one child. Uh, I've got uh, three now and a wife. So (laughs) I don't have that kind of time. So I appreciate games where I can jump in play a couple rounds, jump out. I love the aspect of jumping in and just having a good time and not taking it too serious, man. Life is already serious enough. And, you know, as a gamer, I like to have variety. So, of course, there are games that you want to be serious in. I'm looking at The Last of Us. I'm looking at God of War. I'm looking at, you know, even sometimes in the Uncharted series, it can get a little serious. But I also enjoy games like Sunset Overdrive where you can just jump in, have fun, jump out. And I can appreciate this game for what it is. So I'm looking forward to giving it a shot. Absolutely. It looks like a lot of fun. Looks like it's going to be something that's a pretty good hit for Xbox, something that they sorely need from a first party standpoint. So before we head to the break, my friend, I wanted to ask you your thoughts overall. You had told me initially you weren't very impressed by what you saw with Xbox Developers Direct. I mean, there's still Starfield that's going to have its own presentation that's coming up in the not too distant future. But your thoughts with what you saw from Xbox last week? I thought it was okay. I wasn't overly thrilled. I wasn't down. It was just kind of, yeah. I think it's at least a step in the right direction because they didn't announce anything or didn't show off anything at the Game Awards in December. I know a lot of people were angry about that. So 2023 is going to be that much more sweeter for Xbox Games Pass, which I still feel is the best value in gaming, far none. Gerald, I told you from the beginning of this console, of this console generation, it's not about the console sold. It's about the ecosystem. It was about Xbox Live. And I I stand, what do the kids say, 10 toes deep on that? I I stand Mm -hmm. by that. It is not about, they don't care about the system sales. They do not care. They want the ecosystem. They want Xbox brand in houses, period. They don't care how it happens. They want them in the houses. And that is the end game. What are your thoughts out there on the Xbox Developers Direct? Was it everything that you thought it would be? Please let us know your thoughts because the fact that it is something that there's good news. There's good news that there's some games on the way, including one now for the Xbox you can go ahead and try out. So please let us know your thoughts on the games that were announced at the Xbox Developers Direct. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on jinx esports tv canada and we're back with the show it's the pop culture cosmos dead space it returns in a remade fashion the reviews are glowing and it is just something i think a lot of people are excited to get back into especially because the callisto protocol was supposed to scratch that space horror itch and for the most part It is not going to. It has been already completely forgot about, and it came out last month. 
So your thoughts on Dead Space and how excited you are for the remake of this classic space horror. I don't want to say it's a shooter. It is kind no. of a shooter. Yeah, not, it's not a shooter. No, it's not a really not a shooter. shooter. It's, no, it's, that's it's, it's a horror. You had it right. It's a plasma gun that's kind of like a shooter, but yeah. no, it's limited. You're limited on ammo. It's really basically about scaring the bleep out of you. Yep. It's it's about scaring the bleep out of you. It's about being judicious with your ammo, almost like the way the old Resident Evils were, where you only yeah. had a X exactly. amount of ammunition and you had to be very judicious about where you placed your shot, not just making sure you aimed and not just making sure you hit them, but where you hit them was important as well. Yeah. Um, look, I, I'm completely all in on this remake, and here's here here's here's how all in I am. I did not play the first three Dead Space games on the original 360, on the Xbox 360, or on whatever generation number that was when it came out. Didn't play them. Never touched any of them. I had a best friend who played them religiously, and I say, you know, you got it. It's just not my cup of tea. Seeing this remake, I want it. I want to purchase it, and 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 it's not. It's it, it visually, it's it's just beautiful. It, it is just a a spooky, very OG Resident Evil tight chest. I don't want to play it at night type game. You don't get to experience those anymore. Even if you go back to Resident Evil, you know Resident Evil Village for as good and, and great as it was um it it got away from the resident evil 7 formula where resident evil 7 was very methodical slow paced resident evil village turned into a much faster paced a much um not not running gun it wasn't running gun by any stretch of the imagination but you just didn't have that same sense of dread that you had in resident evil 7. so if you look at dead space dead space is very much a return to form for survival horror and for that particular genre um, you have the, the 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 tightness in your chest. You have the I don't know if I want to turn that cornerness to it. And then the beautiful thing about the necromorphs is what the the enemies are called in that game is that they can come out of anywhere. In Resident Evil, <clears throat> you can at least kind of see them coming. You can kind of walk past. And, okay, there's a body on the floor. There's a good chance it's going to reanimate. The necromorphs will come out of vents. They'll come out behind you. You you have no idea. You kind of just have to deal with it as they come. So there's a different level when you can't anticipate it or when you can't see it coming. There's a different level of anticipation when you have to just accept it. It's a different level of anticipation. So, yes, I am all in on this. Excuse me. I'm all in on this remake. I think it's going to be awesome. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I tell you what, it's on my list. Problem with this list is this list is getting long because I got kids and they can't watch a lot of these games. I can't play Resident Evil in front of my kids. I can't play Dead Space in front of my kids. So I got to wait until they go to sleep. And when they go to sleep, I still don't have time to do it. Gerald, I, I, I'm, out, I'm out of time, man. I, I, I'm <laughs> petitioning for additional hours in the day. I am putting a petition in right now. I don't know who I'm going to put it into, but there's just not enough time. Too many games, not enough time. But this one looks like a ton of fun. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to, to sink my teeth into dead space. <laughs> Uh, looks great indeed absolutely it is being called one of the best remakes and i know this has been a fascination for the industry now for the past what five seven years now going on as far as let's just go ahead and remake everything or reboot everything and go ahead like and see what people buy what people don't what nostalgia kicks in what what they don't this 
could be considered one of the best video game remakes uh, ever to be produced because of the fact that it looks so good and it recaptures that horror which a lot of people are pining for especially the fact that i think they have such a bad taste in their mouths after the Callisto protocol and how bad it failed so i'm looking forward to seeing what ea does with this dead space remake but let us know your thoughts if the dead space remake is something that you're going to be getting back into please let us know your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com before we get into our uncharted argument hogwarts legacy stop calling it an argument it is not an argument we are just on two opposite sides of the field it doesn't make it an argument all right fair enough before we get into a (laughs) discussion with uh, varying sides of the debate on that in regards to uncharted hogwarts legacy is coming out in the not too distant future i know that melinda barkhouse ross and i will be covering that on a future episode but Hogwarts Legacy, you wanted to go ahead and talk about. I know that's something that's going to be one of the most high-profile releases of the earlier part of this year. And the thing is, first off, A, do people still have a fascination with Harry Potter? And B, with what (laughs) J.K. Rowling has said and done, do people still have a fascination with Harry Potter? Uh, So let me explain a little bit about my Harry Potter history. Up until okay. two years ago, there was none. I didn't know anything about Harry Potter until about two years ago. Um, I had made a very conscientious decision not to read the books, not to watch the films, not to be caught up in the rapture of Harry Potter. You I don't sound want like me and E.T. It. I didn't want anything to do with it, man. I, I, I did not care. And then my wife and I, she's changed my life in so many ways. I, I adore my wife. She... And I went to Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. And she took me to Diagon Alley. And I remember very specifically walking through Diagon Alley and saying, holy crap, there is a dragon breathing fire <laughs> right there. And, there not, and, 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 and when you, you, you get put into this world and it's like, it's a fascinating place to be. I just looking around at the scenery and the, the the music and the butterbeer and the the everything about it just seems so cool and we were literally in line for a ride i think it was um oh my goodness it was a, it the, a motorcycle it, one yeah that's the, my kids went on that one yeah that one yeah that i can't think of the name of it right there. now i can't think of the name of it right now but it was the motorcycle one and is it hagrid's i think it's hagrid's, hagrid's. it's hagrid's yeah. motorcycle uh, yeah so we were on the Haggard's ride or getting in the line for the Haggard's ride. And I'm like, yo, I'm really feeling just the, the general awe. I got caught up in, I got caught up in a rapture. I got caught up in it. So I'm feeling the general awe. And I literally bought every movie while I was in line. I went to Amazon and I said, by the time we go home, every movie will be at the door. We are binge watching every Harry Potter film that there's out there. So I went from a no fan to a super fan saying all that to say, I did you get a wand while you were there? Oh, did I get a wand? <laughs> okay, you can't buy the wands, they have a special wand store. Oh. My girls, we got the some for them, so okay. Yes, okay, I have a wand. Okay. Here's the point the point is, I'm extremely excited for Hogwarts Legacy. I have my own opportunity to be in the Harry Potter world as my own character. And listen, I don't care who did what, I don't care 
what person said what. I don't care who's. I don't particular what J.K. Rowling says or does does not affect me in the least bit. And what I mean by that it doesn't mean that what she says or does is not um, offensive. But Gerald, I'm a black man in America. I deal with offensiveness every day. I'm not allowing what J.K. Rawlings has done to ruin the experience that I'm looking to have playing that game. I am excited about the opportunity to be in Hogwarts. I'm excited about the opportunity to explore. I just watched a deep dive on it the other night where they're talking about literally every place that you see, you can go to. It's not like a out of bounds area. Like if you see it, you can get there. Very similar to a Skyrim. And the idea that you can have such flexibility in an open world experience in the Harry Potter universe is very exciting to me. Um, so I don't allow myself to get caught up in what J.K. Rowling has or hasn't done or what she has or hasn't said, because quite frankly, people are going to say things that that tick people off all the time. People are going to say things that are looking for responses, that are going to infuriate people. That's kind of the nature that we live in. That's kind of the world that we live in. And I've accepted the fact that some people are just ignorant, Gerald. There's no rhyme or reason. I remember watching The Dark Knight and, you know, Alfred said the best. Some people just want to watch the world burn. And while I don't think that J.K. Rowling wants to watch the world burn, I think that it's important to recognize that she she obviously feels very strongly about what she feels and she's willing to speak on that. While I don't agree per se, um, I, I think that she has a right to have a, a, an opinion but her opinion, be it left or right, is not going to affect what I purchase, right? Because mm -hmm. this is my dollar, and these developers have worked their butts off for this game. Yes, and that's what's most important tireless, to me. Tireless, tireless hours, countless hours trying to bring this world that a lot of people have grown up in. I have yeah. not grown up in it, but I'm here now. That a lot of people have grown up in that are so near and dear to so many people and having that responsibility and knowing that responsibility is on their shoulders. They have worked tirelessly to deliver a game that not only meets but exceeds that expectations only to be derailed by something that somebody said or something that somebody feels when at this point she has nothing to do with the game whatsoever. She has nothing more to do with the property other than her name being on it, but uh, the property is taken off on its own. Yeah. Does she get residual from it? Absolutely. But that's just what it is. You're gonna get, she's going to get residuals for the rest of her life. And she's going to be set for the rest of her life. But I'm not allowing that to affect my purchase because I want to enjoy the game for what it is. I want to enjoy the game for the world. I want to enjoy the game for the world that the, the developers have built. And I want to enjoy the game for the hard work the developers have put in in creating that game. I think they deserve to be applauded. Um, just, just looking at the previews now, I'm excited. And uh, I think that I think the biggest way to combat bigotry in any in any sense is with love, and uh, I, I love what the developers have worked on, and I plan on showing that love by purchasing that game. I think that was very well said, my friend. And uh, you know, if anybody out there really truly loves the universe, yes, it was started by one individual, but. To disrespect the hundreds and thousands of yes. hours put into developing this game to try and make it something special, I, I really feel would feel bad for the company involved, for the yes. studio involved, 
that all their efforts would go to not to at least try it and experience it and try to disassociate themselves from what that other individual said and, and try to separate that from the actual game that you're playing and the experience you want to experience. Absolutely. What are your thoughts out there on Hogwarts Legacy? Are you ready to go ahead and enter the realm of Harry Potter? Please let us Gryffindor. know. Gryffindor. <laughs> Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we hand out one last thing, and that is what I spoke about on Friday, and that was Uncharted, because as was mentioned on the Friday show, Neil Druckmann, who is riding high off the success of The Last of Us, which just got <laughs> renewed for season two on HBO and HBO Max, which I've already gone on record saying after two episodes, it is the greatest video game adaptation of all time already the way it incorporates and although that's not a real high bar to set because there's some some real schlock that's been, <laughs> that's been introduced as far as video game adaptations are concerned so that's not a real high bar but uh, you know neil Druckmann of naughty dog who is one of the co-creators of the last of us talked about how another other great creations at naughty dog uncharted which was like uh, created by amy hennig and he took over the series uh, in later episodes, says there's not much more to tell right now in Uncharted, so they're pretty much going to put it to bed. There's rumors that they're making another game outside of The Last of Us 3, but they are indicating that it's probably not going to be Uncharted. It's another familiar name from the library of Naughty Dog, for what to say. That's the rumors anyways, but... Your thoughts on this, my friend. You said to me that you thought Uncharted was done. I think after playing Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, I think there's still plenty of room to go. Gerald, we have to be comfortable with the end. And here's what I mean by that. A story has to have a definitive beginning. There's a climax, there's a middle, and then there's an end. Uncharted 4 was a fantastic bookend to the Uncharted series. And I think the problem that we have as a general population is we don't know how to let something go, right? We don't know how to let something end. You know, you, you heart, I, I keep going back to the Dark Knight, but Harvey Dent said it best, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain, right? It's okay for something to end, especially when it has a very definitive stamp a very definitive ending on it the last uh, not the last i'm sorry the uncharted four had a very definitive end now they had some side stories with the lost legacy and 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 that's great right but they had a very definitive end i think we need to be okay with something ending if you look at something like the last of us 
there is a lot of unresolved issues with The Last of Us. If you if you get to the end of The Last of Us 2 and you see what happens at the end, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. You know, the game's been out for blah, 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 blah years, right? It's not over. There is still more to discuss. There's still more to do. There's still more that has to happen. That doesn't have a definitive end. Uncharted had a definitive end. It was done. And that's not okay. exactly because at the very end in a post credit scene, there's a family gathering. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yes. Cassie, as her name is in the story, <laughs> could take over the Avengers. You're right. A middle-aged Nathan Drake. I'm not sure how much he can give you as a leading man. Now, if Cassie were to go and on her own adventure, or adventures. I think that's a great place to go. We've seen it before as far as, uh, you know, a female protagonist in that type of setting do great things as far as the Tomb Raider series, which just got picked up by Amazon as a series coming there. Where's Mass Effect? I don't know. But anyways, need I digress? <laughs> don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> yes, we're started. that's another that's another hour uh, in and of itself. But uh, with Cassie, you could take the adventure to a whole new realm, I think. And then still find time as far as DLC for the old man to come out and do some things as well. I still think there's plenty of room left and plenty of life left realm? in Uncharted. But, but what's the new realm? You said we could take it to a whole new realm. What there's new always realm historic treasures Where? you can go out. Oh. There's always historic treasures. I don't treasures disagree to with that, Gerald. I just think you have to allow things to rest. You have to allow it to rest. You have to allow it to be like, okay, you know what? Let's step away for some time. Let's step See away for some time and let people miss it. Give me the opportunity to miss it. Uncharted came out six years ago. The first one, oh, what, the fourth one? Uh, 2017, 2018. Okay, so so let's let's say, let's say 2017. Uh, let's say 2017, right? I'll look it up right now. Yeah, look, look it up. But my point is, it had a definitive end. Let's be okay with that ending and give us 2016. Give it some time to be missed. It's seven years. I miss it, man. That's a regular life cycle for some developers. It's that's more fun a... <laughs> to me than The Last of Us. The Last of Us, when you play through it, it's dark and it's, it's heavy. Uh, it's heavy. No doubt. Uncharted no doubt. is fun. Absolutely. And there are other fun games out there, Gerald. It's okay to not have that one game that you're looking for. You can man, find man. other fun games in the library of PlayStation. You can find other fun games in the library of Xbox. There are going to be other opportunities. It doesn't have to be Uncharted, Gerald. Allow the general population, not Gerald, allow the general population to actually miss the game. We just got a crappy Uncharted film. We're okay with Uncharted for right now. $400 okay. million, dollars, though. It, it was crappy. I agree with you. but Okay. Dollars don't equal a great film. Dollars just equal oh, no. dollars. It doesn't no, equal that, a great film. Absolutely. Justice so, League is, is that perfect example. Yes. Perfect example of it. So we're okay with no Uncharted for right now. There's going to come a point in time where it's like, you know what? We're ready to revisit that. And they need to be okay with that. They're probably tired. Look at B David Weiss and Benioff from Game of Thrones. There was no way it should have ended with season 10 or se season 8, excuse me. There was no way. Shouldn't have ended with that. However, they were tired. They were done. And because they were done, the show suffered dramatically. We do not, I repeat, 
You do not want these people, naughty dogs, to become tired and burnt out from trying to come up with new ways to introduce Nathan Drake, new ways to introduce Cassie, new new adventures for them to go on. Give them time to just say, you know what? We've got something else that we're working on. We have a new product. We have a new IP. It's an old IP. I'm thinking it's probably like a Sly Cooper or whatever the case may be. They've got a new thing that they're working on. Give them opportunity to get that off the ground, figure out whatever they're going to do with The Last of Us. Now that you have the success of the TV show, it's almost a complete guarantee that there's going to be a, a, a third Last of Us game. It has to be. Uh, it has to be at this point. Allow them the opportunity to focus on some of those other things. And then when the time is right, let them go back to Uncharted. When the time is right and everything's calmed down, it's just like Mass Effect, right? They tried to hurry up and rush Andromeda because of the, the, the what people felt about what Mass Effect 3. Rather you loved it or hated it, it was a success. Rather you loved the ending or hated the ending, Mass Effect 3 was a great game and it was a great success. They tried to hurry up and get Andromeda out there. Andromeda bombed dramatically. And did it deserve the bomb as bad as it did? Maybe, maybe not. That's up for everybody else to decide. It doesn't change the fact that to the general world, it bombed. And so they said, okay, they're going to take their time with making the next Mass Effect. Now, granted, they came out with the Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition, which was fantastic. It gave us all an opportunity to enjoy that world again and really develop another hunger for Mass Effect. And now that there's that hunger, because people were begging for that remaster for so long, now that there is a, a legit hunger for that series, they can work on bringing it back. But when did, when did Mass Effect 3, when did the drama to come out? Came out 2000, about the same time, 2014? I think so. No, no, yeah, I, I like, think it came out a little bit later Later after that. Okay, so maybe 2015 or 16. Point is, it came out a while ago, a little while 2017, ago. 2017, just to let you know. 2017, that's actually a lot sooner yeah. than I thought it did. Yeah. Um, but saying that to say, it, we need an opportunity to miss that. We need an opportunity to let the taste of that wash out of our mouth and just give it time to breathe. Give it time to breathe and allow us to be able to look at this with a fresh set of eyes. Well, that's why that's the Mass Effect game. Games. Well, that's why the one that was teased, the Ma the new Mass Effect with possibly the return to Shepard and all that. That's probably not out till holiday twenty four, probably twenty five. Knowing video game delays at the earliest. I mean, they, yeah, they just showed us that little teaser. I I would assume a game of that scope and that magnitude and wanting to get it right, and mm -hmm. and now they'll be able to apply more resources than what they did mm -hmm. for Andromeda. I'd say that they're going to do it right and they're going to probably not have it out for another two years tops. Oh, I, I would completely agree with that. And you know what? That's funny that you had mentioned the, the resources. Remember, we talked about how over the last five or six years, they've had this renaissance of wanting to do remasters. It's because now the technology can catch up with their vision. If you think about Hideo Kojima making the first Metal Gear game right on the Nintendo Entertainment. George system. Lucas. George Lucas. The technology at the time did not match their vision. And now you've got a true opportunity to have their artistic creation envisioned the way that are delivered to us in the way that they truly envisioned it. So I completely understand a lot of these remasters. Uh, Resident Evil 2 was fantastic as a remaster. It was fantastic. Resident Evil 3 was really good as well. It was just really, really short and they wanted to pay you top dollar for it. And obviously with Dead Space, again, it's an opportunity for that game to be truly realized in the way that the developers probably envisioned them doing it the first time. The technology is now caught up and now they're able to do stuff like that. So anyways, I digress. Give Uncharted a chance to breathe. Let them focus on Sly Cooper or The Last of Us and let them kind of just do 
their thing. Uh, maybe even bring another Crash Bandicoot around. I don't know. Like, just give them some time. And uh, Uncharted will be back. It's just not going to be back for a while. It'll be back. <laughs> I hope so. It I will. So. It will. Because it's going to grow up. Yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Because my, I have to go ahead instead as, as a way to maybe some solace for myself. I'm going to have to just walk by and pat my uh, Nathan Drake Uncharted 3 uh, standee right there a little bit more, a little bit more often. Yeah. There you go. All right. Sorry, Nate. I come back anytime soon. Unless Tom Holland wants to come back for a sequel if, if Sony greenlights it. So need I digress? They better not. They better not. <laughs> they better not. Never should have done that in the first place. Should have put someone else in the lead role. Well, you know what? There's a whole bunch. I could go on another hour in regards to the Uncharted film, and I won't. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check yeah. out about 30 episodes in the archives of the show, and I, I probably went off on it 30 times. Dude, Mark Wahlberg could have done Nathan Drake better than that. That's I, I was really pushing for a name that not a lot of people know or recognize, Scott Eastwood, but he is a dead ringer yeah, for Nathan Drake. Great. And yeah. he is very cocky as far as his on-screen persona. I don't know about him in real life, but he could have played that type of role extremely well but because he doesn't have the name, I know that's that was never seriously considered. So you know I who just else think... could have done it. Nate Fillion. I don't know I, his name. He was. Like he was. Uh, he was rumored, and he pushed for it. Remember, he actually even did a uh, a live action screen, a fan thing. Yeah, I look like it's outside of his thing. house or somebody's house. It looked yeah. great. It yeah. looked great. It, it yeah. did. Like it. It was. It was just so jarring. Like that Spider Man. Stephen Lang like, was Sully. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That Tom Holland Spider Man. Like, this was an ego thing. This was. I don't like, mean okay. to typecast him. I don't mean to typecast because I'm sure as actors they can't stand that, right? That's no, like but... Tyrese. Tyrese is the same character in every film he's in, right? Tyrese is is, is a typecasted character. But with Nathan Drake, it was like, okay, Nathan Drake is a guy in his 30s when this mm-hmm. you see this this series develop, and Tom Holland is not there. I mean, there are some flashbacks to when he was a kid in the game, but the game is majority of it is through the eyes of someone that's an adult, 30 years old, 35 years old, already experiencing life. Tom yeah. Holland is represents movie as someone who's still naive as a young man, still mm-hmm. trying to get through his way, trying to yeah. go off of his charm. It, it's not the Nathan Drake you wanted to envision. It just seems right. more like, you know what? I made a ton of money as Spider-Man. I just finished this video game. I want to go ahead and play that character. Sony, make it happen. <laughs> and that just seemed to me like that's the way it was. But it made $400 million. So I'm hoping that maybe they can do it right next time, but we'll see. But yeah. it is uh, the future of Uncharted, which for right now, video game wise, looks to be long wait, a long wait for everybody out there watching. So what are your thoughts out there? Is there more life left on Uncharted that could happen sooner? rather than what most likely will be later. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, a spirited conversation indeed. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, Gigi, I'm just grateful to be here, man. Thank you for allowing me to come play in the sandbox anytime, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're most welcome anytime, whether it's for a discussion <laughs> or anything else of that nature. Just always glad to have you here, my friend. Thank you again for your thoughts on the 2012 Lakers as a subject which we touched upon, Lakers History 101. I'd love to still hear your thoughts on that. On a, Sometime we can record for the Lakers Fast Break down the line. 
Obviously, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the NBA world as well. Maybe we can go ahead whenever it's convenient for you. Hit me up and we'll do that. But you know, whether it's the Lakers Fast Break or Pop Culture Cosmos, the red carpet is always open for you, my friend. Oh, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Got to get you out of the limo right there. Roll out <laughs> red go. carpet right there. On the show, indeed. A... But for TJ Johnson, this is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great